0: This episode is brought to you by Modern Fertility, Bulldog Yoga, and StoryWorth. We are very excited to have them on board making our show a possibility. Welcome to If These Ovaries <laughs> Could Talk. I'm Jamie. I'm Robin. And we're your hosts. We sure Love is love. If you don't have to make a family but take right. If these all, all, could talk, you would say. Stump. I am a lesbian. So gay. So gay. We need to tell our story. It's not your nuclear family anymore. It's not just your mom and dad thing. We're not ruining these little humans. Not for the gay
1: reason. <laughs> just because
0: we stay. Hi guys. Hi. Welcome to if these ovaries could talk. The the ovaries that are a hot mess in this day five hundred thousand and ninety nine 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 of the pandemic.
1: But Jamie, spring has sprung. Does that make a difference? No, it's cold. Not even a bit of difference. No. Not even a bit. I,
0: well, the sun is out and it's nice and I keep buying plants. So there's that.
1: Do you remember where we were last time at this year? You were teaching yourself the piano <laughs> and you were like in some like delightful house on Long Island. I what? was teaching myself. I remember really that. Good. What happened to the piano? What happened? You were like for a hot minute. I don't have a
0: piano. No. I don't have. I'm not in that That's house right. anymore. I need a piano. All we have is a little toy Casio
1: piano. <laughs> Tell you, just get a keyboard for God's sakes. No,
0: I want a piano, piano. Anybody have a piano they want to give away?
1: One year later, Jamie. Uh, here we are. Oh man, here we we're, are. Here. we're here. We're here. We're surviving,
0: guys. Listen, folks. It's time for our annual,
1: semi-annual. We don't know. Every once in a while. PSA, not PSA. What do they call Public it? Public service a drive. Public service dr- for our ovaries. I mean, we have to say, we absolutely love making this podcast and creating this community. And one of our favorite parts, or at least my part, I don't want to speak for Jamie, is that when we get emails or DMs from all of you guys saying that our podcast helped you or your family journey in some way.
0: Yes, we love those. We love hearing from all of you. And we do love making this podcast. And with that, we are completely 100% percent self-supporting we are still working toward a point where the podcast pays for itself it could happen it could happen we're not we're not there yet it's getting better we're on the up all the way to go is up all the way to go is up all the way to go is up
1: but if you want to join our community and you wanted to maybe help us make this content for lgbtq families we're, we're asking if you consider joining our patreon community because your monthly contributions are going to help us pay our editors. Our website, our podcast platform, and all kinds of other monthly production costs that we kind of incur. There's so many costs. It's so crazy. Why is there so many costs, Jamie? It's stupid. I don't know. And, and we thought we would be rich by now, but we're not. That, that didn't happen yet, Jamie. It's the weirdest thing, but I think but it's we coming. We even wrote a
0: book and we're still not rich. But anyway, so you guys, here's what happens. You go on Patreon, you sign up. You can sign up for as little as $2 a month. So you can do $2, you can do $5, you can do $15, you can do 50 if you're a baller. If you're feeling crazy. <laughs> if you're feeling crazy. But you're gonna, you get bonus content for these things. So at the gestational carrier level... You get unedited, ad-free videos of most of our interviews, and those are dropped one day earlier. So you get first dibs on episodes on Sunday, not Monday. You could be all, guys,
1: did you hear what happened? Oh,
0: you didn't yet, did you? You didn't listen to the ovaries yet. Well, I know about this story. It could be like that person. You could be that person (laughs) because, you know, those people
1: exist in podcasting. So be that person. Just think about what we're trying to say is just think about it if you feel like it. Joining our Patreon. We're like the worst at this, Jamie. If, if you want to, <laughs> oh, it's not a big deal. Don't you don't have to. Don't. Don't. Forget it. Just don't. And you can stop it at any time,
0: too. I know we know these times are hard. We yeah. don't all have extra money. So you don't, we don't. have to do. We want, we're going to keep doing this as long as we can continue doing it. So yeah, don't absolutely. worry.
1: But we could use some help <laughs> if you got it. So join our Patreon community if you want to at <laughs> patreon.com slash ovaries talk. Okay, that's enough of that. That's enough of that. Let's get to our guest. Okay, let's do the rest of the intro like that. Maybe not.
0: So our super fan and actually good pal now, Rebecca, suggested this guest to us. Thank you so much, Rebecca. We love you. We'll see you at the
1: live stream. Tahiti is a delightful lady, and she made it her mission To carry a baby for two gay dads that she just sort of randomly met. Like she just like put it out to the universe. Speaking of putting it out to the universe, next thing Mm -hmm. you know, bam, gestation. Speaking of gestational carriers, a gestational (laughs) carrier for two gay dads. Tahiti was such
0: a delight to talk to. And she's got this just energy. She just radiates just beauty. I feel like she's just gorgeous. So, I mean, from the inside out and on the outside. Helen, just hit play. Bring in Tahiti, bring her in.
1: Hi, Tahiti. Hello, ladies. How are you? We're good. I love your name. I know. Thank
2: you. I always like to make up the joke that I was conceived on the black sand beaches and my mom like never got my dad's name and like, tr- you know, something, <laughs> something crazy. But there is no crazy origin. My mom just heard somebody talking about the island Tahiti when she was pregnant with me on the beach because she was living in Hawaii. And she goes, oh, she always loved unique names. And so she named me Tahiti. I've never been there. My what? parents have never been there. But yeah, it's, she liked the unique name. and. So here I am. That's
0: cool. Do you have siblings? Because now I want to know their names.
2: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, I have one full sibling. Her name is Reina, which mm-hmm. means queen in Spanish. And then what? I also have eight half siblings. So I'm one of 10. Wow. And gosh, yes, can are. I name all of them? They're, they have like normal names like Ruby, Joey, Vicky, Evie, Lulu, uh, Anthony. <laughs>
0: <laughs> too many. How fast can because, we do that?
2: Because they're my half siblings and they're so much older than me. I'm the baby. Uh, I mean, I have a brother who's 60, so he's like almost people's parents' age at this point. So, right. right. And I'm, I'm not really necessarily close. I'm really close to my sister, Ruby, who's my half sister, and my other brother, Joey, who's my half brother. But everybody else is kind of like, hey, see ya,
0: yeah. you know? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> anyway, it's wonderful to have you, Tahiti. Thank but. You. It is time for you mm-hmm. to tell us and our listeners at home yes. who you are. So, All I'm going right. to put up your 30 second okay. timer.
2: <laughs> On your mark, All right. get set, go. All right. Hello, everybody. Uh, My name is Tahiti Ray. I am almost 40 years old this year. I am a single mom of two, surrogate mother of one. I like to call myself a musical manifester. I'm a singer, and musician, but I'm also super into self-development and trying to be the best version of myself. So I love manifesting things and I'm constantly trying to absorb and read and learn things. I live in Honolulu, Hawaii. And I've lived here my entire life. As much as I would love to get out of here one day, I'm still here. I absolutely love all things that have to do with creating. I call myself like a constant creative. I'm always doing something, decorating, cooking, painting, making music, organizing something in my home. I'm just a constant creative. So that's me.
0: (laughs) I love it. Well done. A manifester, a creator. And I think that really fits The fact that you are also a surrogate, like it's also literally a manifestor, a creator. Yeah. Can we,
1: let's talk about the surrogacy uh, business and how you became a surrogate.
2: Yeah. So I actually, it's always been something that's, I feel lived in my heart. I think it was right after I had my first son, I have a 16 year old and a three year old, a huge age gap, two different dads, two different marriages. But after I had my first back in 2004, Uh, I I can't remember if it was somebody talking about surrogacy or or seeing it on the news, and you know when something connects with you, just all the hairs on your like even just talking about it right Mm -hmm. now, I just Mm -hmm. just got the chills. I think I will go there with you because this is there's no other time to actually go deeper as to why I felt that deep connection. Like for myself, we're
1: like yeah, yeah. I know. I I, you know honestly,
2: I've probably only shared this with a few people, but I think that this is it's really important for people to understand why I wanted to be a surrogate. I had some really really deep trauma revolving my womb and my journey through life. I got pregnant when I was 14 for my first boyfriend who I trusted and believed everything that he said. Uh And obviously I didn't, I didn't even understand what was happening to my body. I didn't even have regular periods. I didn't know. And it wasn't until I told my sister, who was um, almost three years older than me, like, I haven't had my period in a couple months. And her eyes were just like, oh my God, you know, and my parents were going through a really hard divorce. So my mom really wasn't, there for us presently in her because she was just trying to survive herself. So Mm -hmm. I found myself pregnant and very pregnant at 14, like to the point where I didn't, I didn't know how pregnant I was. I went into the doctor and they told me, they said, you know, you have a week (gasps) to decide.
1: Oh, to decide. Still, That means you were like, what, 18, 19 weeks.
2: I don't even, honestly, because I, it's such a traumatic thing. I don't even remember. I didn't even like, all I know is they said, had you come a week later, we wouldn't even have given you the option to have an abortion because I just didn't know. Right. So I'm 14 years old. I'm terrified. I'm confused. And I basically told my family, you know, I, I can't have a baby, you know? And so I, I made the decision like that. I, I was going to have an abortion. Mm-hmm. Everything was scheduled. And because I was so far along, you can't just go in and take a pill. You can't go in and yeah. even have like a procedure. It was you had to go in and go under general anesthesia. And so it was a whole surgical date. You know, they made it like a last minute emergency, like, you know, a few days later. And the night before I went to have this abortion, I was laying on my stomach watching TV as a kid. You know, I'm just this little kid, 14 years old. And I felt the baby kick. And like, I mean, I, I can't even like talk about it with like everything's like my whole. Uh, like, that's the first time I've even said that sentence without like sobbing, crying. Like it, yeah. it, it definitely lived inside of me. And it's something that never, I mean, I feel like I felt that kick and it just took my breath away for the next 30 years. Like it just,
0: Mm.
2: it never went away. And I went through with the abortion. I was 14 years old. I came out of the general anesthesia and like my breasts got milk. Like Uh. it was this just, and I didn't understand. I didn't know. I was so like, it was just such a gray foggy time in my life. And you were a baby. Yeah. I was a baby. Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine I have a 16 year old now and I just can't even.
1: Yeah. Like my so daughter's it... almost 12. Like You're talking just like two years after oh, that. Yeah. And I can't even, I mean, yeah. she's still playing with American girl dolls.
2: Yeah. And honestly, I look back, it was the right decision for me sure. and I'm a pro-life person, but what people don't understand about pro-life and, and abortions is that it never leaves you never, yeah, especially right. something, especially something this huge. So It lived in me and still lives in me. And I'm still going to therapy and dealing with it because of that. But I always knew that I wanted to give back to life what I felt like I took from life. Like Uh I knew that I took something from life and I wanted to do whatever I could to make that up somehow. I didn't even know how it was going to happen, but I just knew that like after the trauma of all that happening, that I was going to do something. And so when I heard about this thing called surrogacy on the news, like all my hairs on my body stood on end, I have like major chicken skin still like right Uh now talking about it. I I just knew I said that's it like I'm gonna try to do that I'm gonna try to do that one day you know and I only had one baby.
0: Okay, Robin, mm-hmm. let's talk modern fertility. The easy at-home fertility hormone test created to make testing your fertility hormones easy. You give yourself a simple finger prick at home, you mail it in with your prepaid label, and you're gonna get your personalized results within ten days. Boom!
1: Oh my god, modern fertility is one of my favorite topics. Really? I mean, I love a good money saver, Jamie. We know this about me. Yes, it's true. And that is exactly what modern fertility can
0: do. We talk about how expensive our paths to parenthood are all the time. And traditional testing with your doctor can cost over $1,000. But modern fertility only costs $159 to get the same exact information. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash OCT, you can get $20 off your test. So save that money, guys.
1: Yes. And also, people, keep in mind, if you have an HSA or an FSA with your company, you can use those dollars on modern fertility. We're talking about more money saving. ka
0: Right. You'll get insight into how many eggs you have, your hormone levels, and other important fertility factors.
1: And it does not stop there, Jamie. The results go deep into what every hormone means. And you can also talk one-on-one with Fertility Nurse, and they're going to review your results and options for next steps. Yeah. So if you're ready to
0: start this baby-making journey, this might be the right place for you to start. Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com. That means your test will cost $139 instead of the hundreds or thousands it could cost at a doctor's office, guys.
1: Come on, guys, get twenty dollars off your fertility
0: test when you go to modernfertility.com slash OCT. Modernfertility.com slash
1: OCT. I have to do it one more time. Kaching. Stop saying what's <laughs> wrong. Kaching.
2: <laughs> Flash forward. I met RJ and Javier, which were the baby daddies that my they're friends of mine. I've known them probably since 2000 and let's say Ten or something like that. They actually hired me to sing at their wedding in Mexico Mm -hmm. and we were at their rehearsal dinner and they were, you know, we were drinking sake and getting a little tipsy and they were (laughs) talking about getting married and also talking about how deeply they wanted to be parents. And they were, both of them were saying like, all we've ever wanted, all we really want to be is a family. We want children. One of the dads, Javier told us like emotional story, how he He tried to talk himself out of being gay for so long because he thought, like, if I'm gay, then I can't have this. I can't be this dad. I can't. I can't have this dream of taking my kid to school and all these things that he just was like, I can't. So he tried to talk himself out of it. And so, in the middle of all this sake stuff, I just splat out like, reached across the table. and was like, I'll be your surrogate. (laughs) (laughs) And they they kind of laughed and you know, and they said, well, we might take you up on that. And then we forgot about it for years. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until probably around 2017. I woke up from this just such a vivid, vivid, vivid dream where I was looking down at my stomach and I was pregnant and I just loved this baby, but I knew that it wasn't mine. And so I woke up from this dream like, my gosh, this is it. That's the surrogacy. That's the surrogacy that I have always felt like I wanted to do. And I didn't know who it was, right? I didn't know who the couple was. And later that day, I get on the computer on Facebook and both Javier and RJ had posted on Facebook that they had started the egg retrieval process with one of their family members to get the egg. And I was like, and like, same thing, all the hairs on my body just stood on end. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is it. This is RJ and Javi. I think I'm going to do it for them. And then I remembered, oh my gosh, I told them I was going to do this for them like a couple of years ago. And I was like, I wonder if they remember this.
1: I love that you were like, this is who I'm doing it for. And they don't even, I mean, even though you had talked about it sort of drunkenly at a wedding, but like you've made some decision about their child for them and they don't even know it.
2: Yeah, I, I know. And that. so, and I didn't even know if I was a fit, you know, like physically, mm-hmm. I didn't know what it entailed. I had no clue, but I just said, you know, I'm going to email them. And I thought about it for a few days because I would toy. I'm like, no, if they're doing this, they found somebody already. Like they probably don't even remember if they're doing egg retrieval, maybe they're using an agency. Maybe they, they've got to found someone. And so I sent them this email and I just said, you know, I don't know if you have somebody, but I don't know if you remember, but My offer still stands. Like, this is something I feel really deeply drawn to do. And I can't imagine doing it for two more deserving, wonderful people. And the fact that I could continue to also be auntie and see pictures of this little guy, drive, you know, growing up and, and still be involved in knowing its life. I don't know about you guys, but being pregnant is there's no way to detach for me. I, I, I still felt incredibly attached to Lucas as his name while I was pregnant. And I'm like, how could I do this for a stranger's baby? I just didn't, for some people they can, for me, I knew that if I did do it, it had to be for people that I knew and loved, trusted that they trusted. And that I could still hold and kiss this baby one day and it would be okay. It wouldn't be like (laughs) strange ladies kissing my baby. (laughs) (laughs) And I wanted to have that connection to him still. And I wanted him to know how deeply he was loved by me, by auntie, and that without auntie, he would not be here, you know? And
1: yeah, it's good you knew that though, right? Because if you didn't know that, you, you know, I mean, like you might have gone into an agency and then had like some really weird experience, like you knew what you needed.
2: Yeah, but I'm so in tune. I mean, I've worked so hard in my like last you know, decade of my life to really tune into what my body's compass about what feels right. And listening mm-hmm. to those cues, like the, the hair standing on end and feeling connected. And if something didn't feel right in my gut, like had I probably gone down that other journey, I would have been like, ah, this just doesn't feel right, you know, and I probably would have chickened out or pulled out of the situation. So that's how it kind of worked out. So I sent them this email. They wrote back saying like, oh my God, this is actually the one part of the surrogacy that has kept us from going forward because we thought we'd have to take out a mortgage. We thought we'd have to go through an agency. We thought we'd have to wait three years just to even implant because this first portion cost so much. The IVF, the egg retrieval, all those things cost this huge amount of money that they're like, well, we wanted to get a house first. We wanted to do all these things. So they thought their actual implantation was going to be years and years and years down the road. And so the fact that I offered and reached out, they said, let's, let's see if this works. And it turned out that it did. Like I was a perfect fit and match and health. And I had to go through a parade of tests and, and all that, but it worked, you know?
0: Wow. And this was a healing thing for you. This oh is, my gosh. This is like
2: full circle. I told them, you know, they, they thank me profusely for what I did for them. And I, I, I always tell them, I remind them, I said, you have no idea what this did for me. So thank you for trusting me. Thank you for allowing me to do this full circle. The the it was such a cathartic heart soul womb healing thing for me that I'm just grateful. I'm grateful that they trusted me and allowed me to do it because it really has been life-changing for me.
0: That's amazing.
1: Yeah. Now did you use an agency or like how did you go about The whole process because it feels like we've talked to people who went through an agency, but never just like two friends who were like, Oh, I'm doing this for you. Like, how did that work?
2: Yeah, it was pretty complicated. And so, having gone through it ourselves, we realized looking back, like, wow, this is why people use agencies because this is really (laughs) complicated to try to do on your own, which is why we vlogged the whole process because we wanted to show people that it is possible to do it on Mm -hmm. your own if you have the uh, determination and the patience to do it on your own, you can figure it out and it can save you some money. There's still a lot of things that still will cost money, no matter what the lawyers, the doctors, the psychologists, all that stuff is still going to cost money. And with an agency, it's bundled. And and because it's an agency, they've done it hundreds, probably thousands of times. They know the things that come back that are little twerks and tweaks here and there that Mm -hmm. could probably save you a lot of time. It probably doesn't save you a ton of money to do it without an agency, but I mean, some probably maybe 10 to 15,000. You probably save on the legal side because you're not paying a lawyer to do all these things. They still had to hire lawyers for me for both parentage documents as well as the like contract. We had to have a contract. Legally, you cannot go into surrogacy without a contract. My insurance carrier required a contract. So, like, it, it had to happen.
0: And did your insurance cover your pregnancy? Or
2: it did. Because it, it did. Even though it, it was insurances. Is- yes, because it was a benevolent surrogacy. Had I been doing it for an agency, they would not have done and, it. Or a paid and surrogacy getting paid. and getting paid. Right. Right. Oh, they that's
1: interesting. It. Oh. Yeah. So
2: I think on our contract, we put that they were paying me a dollar. Because basically what Kaiser asked for in that is they asked for like 50%. So say if they were paying me $60,000 through an agency, Kaiser would also want $30,000. So it would cost them like ninety. dollars
1: I don't know if this is OK to ask, so tell me if it's not. But are you saying they didn't pay you like they didn't pay you a surrogacy fee?
2: No, they did not.
1: <gasps> You're an incredible human being. Heart.
2: So I will I will yeah. say this, though, that RJ and Javier are incredibly giving generous people. And they did know what a um, sacrifice and gift I was giving them. And they did. They did give me gifts. Let's just say that yeah. because they knew. But part of part of what I told them in the beginning was this should not be a profit thing. They knew that I was a single mom, two kids. And they're like, well, whatever we can do to help you, if it's like helping pay some rent or helping things like that, like they did things like that for me because Mm -hmm. of what I was doing for them. But as far as like there being any legal contractual reason, they could they could have given me this dollar. Yeah. And that Mm -hmm. and that's it. You wanted to give them a child.
0: Yeah. Are they where you are? Are you guys in the same location? No,
2: they live in California. So Uh, that was part of the whole other story of just getting them here because of COVID and all that and getting them back to California. And now they're there and sort of isolated still because California is pretty high in cases right now. So, yeah, I haven't I haven't actually been able to see them or Lucas in person since he was a week old. So I could see Uh, pictures and stuff all the time and video and things like that. But my plan is to go there for his first birthday and actually get to hold and squeeze him again.
1: And when was, yeah, I was this? Gonna say, I didn't, didn't realize, realize you this was him. so recent.
2: August. So he'll be um, oh my God. August. fifth. Yeah, August 5th. Oh, well, congrats. Yeah. So oh I'm God. about six months postpartum now. And well, you look I good. Know, I know. I'm like, are you Jeez. kidding me? <laughs> you don't see the waist down. <laughs> Please.
0: Please. <laughs> did you tell us this already? Did you enjoy pregnancy?
2: Yeah, I love being pregnant.
0: <laughs> you love being yeah. pregnant. I mean, <laughs> I think you kind of have to in order to do this, but yeah. you had different motives than I've ever heard for for wanting to do surrogacy. At yeah. least, like your your story with mm-hmm. the trauma. So I didn't know if if you actually really did enjoy, yeah, or if I was just like, I'm going to punishing
2: yourself. Oh, yeah, right. Um, part of me, oh. part of me, there's a little bit of the masochism there for sure. About like I, anytime I would have something discomforting or be uncomfortable in any sort of way I would tell myself like this is the pain or the thing you should have felt you know and so you're just feeling it now you're just feeling it now that's so hard and it's not like it was ever pain I think with for me because I actually really enjoyed pregnancy I was one I'm one of those people I don't get I don't go out like a basketball. I'm, I just go wide. So most people, most people don't even know that I'm pregnant because I'm not a skinny person either. So nobody wants to say anything. Nobody wants to be like, Oh, Hey, are you pregnant? Or Some people just carry a lot of weight in their stomach. Like I'm not one of those people. Right. I carry it in my hips and my thighs normally, but if they see like a kind of a pooch, they're not going to say anything no, because they don't want right, to be rude. Right. So I actually get like really jealous of people that are like, Oh my God, you're pregnant. And I'm like, Hey, I'm pregnant too. Like I'm pregnant yeah. too. Like touch my, <laughs> touch my yeah, belly. Yeah, exactly. So I get, look at my bum. Yeah. I get kind of like jealous of that, but, but because of that, it makes pregnancy really easy for me. i have like huge birthing hips. Like I barely feel pregnant. <laughs> like trust me, babies just like fly out. Like they literally like, oh it's like God. the easiest thing. So I know, I knew my body was built for birthing babies and making babies. And I really, honestly, it's so weird. Like I only feel pregnant, like for the last month. Ah. I mean, I, I mean, I would say I feel pregnant, but it's not like uncomfortable. It's really like that last month that I feel kind of like, oh God, like turning and moving it. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. get sick. I don't vomit. Like I, I I didn't with Lucas's pregnancy. I didn't throw up once. There'd be a couple of days where I'd be like, Ooh, you know, like kind of <laughs> nauseous, nothing that was horrible. So I think because of that, like I knew some people's bodies aren't like that. So I'm like, what mm-hmm. a blessing that my body is, so capable and congruent to pregnancy. And I, I have empathy for women that can't and hate pregnancy and it's miserable. I'm like, I can't even imagine because I hate being sick. I hate being nauseous. If, if I knew that I, that going into it was going to be that like horrible and like just, I, I probably wouldn't be able to yeah. offer that part of myself. Okay,
0: guys, if you follow us on the social, which you should, you should, you would have noticed that Robin and I each did a yoga class with Bulldog Online this week. I did a 45-minute invigorate class called Let It Go, and let me tell you, it helped me let it go. I needed that.
1: I uh-huh, really did. Uh-huh. And I did a chill class because my kids were driving me crazy, and I needed to chill, and it worked, and I'm officially a Bulldog Yoga fan. I mean, come on.
0: Yay, me too. Bulldog Yoga Online is all about taking the intimidation out of yoga and replacing it with music smiles and no judgment we all need some of that i mean
1: it's so true and bulldog online is about making yoga fun i can't believe yes fun which i found hard to believe but it's true i know and they even offer classes for kids and teens so you can get your bulldog on and get moving with the whole family if you want to spend time with your family that is or you can have them do a class without you like i did (laughs)
0: And Bulldog streaming online classes are available on demand. So anytime, any place on your schedule. There are choices for all levels from beginner classes to heart pumping workouts. And there are tons of class length options to fit your schedule. Classes range from 12 to 60 minutes, which, which listen, it's great for parents. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Sometimes all I can
1: do is 12 minutes, you know, Mm -hmm. but
0: even that's worth it. It really is.
1: I might do a 12 minute class after this. Go ahead with your bad self. Mm-hmm. I really, mm-hmm. I do love Bulldog Online classes. They're easy to follow and they're set to great playlists, which I love. And so the time just passes easily. It really does.
0: So, guys, try your first 30 days for free at BulldogOnline.com.
1: That's BulldogOnline.com. Use the code OCT for an additional 50% off your first paid month. Come on now. Come on. Again, that's BulldogOnline.com, coupon code OCT. Go get that yoga in.
2: What was it like for your kids? So yeah, my 16 year old just kind of go off oh, mom, I forget you're pregnant sometimes. <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. And my three year old just had no clue. I never said anything to him. I never right. if he hit really? my stomach if I, because he's just he's too young, he was too young to understand. Yeah. And I right, didn't right. if it was if it was his sibling, I would have obviously been like, baby, mommy, tummy, and like mm-hmm. all kind of making him make the connection. But I honestly I never said a word to him. And if he kicked my stomach, I would just say, oh, you're hurting mommy or something, you know? And be like, ha, ha, ha. And when I got really big, he would like poke my stomach like I was fat, like, ha, 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 you know, and, <laughs> and, and that was it. So I just never said anything. There was one time he, my three-year-old put his head on my stomach and the baby kicked and he just kind of looked at me and then looked at me and I went, ooh, like that. And he was <laughs> like, he just like looked around. So he didn't really have a clue. And it, it'll be, yeah. it'll be fun one day to like, have him look back and be like, I had no idea. I'm yeah. like, well, of course you didn't. Cause I didn't tell you. I didn't say, like, mommy, baby, touch your brother. But, you know, I was like, right. I didn't want him to feel like, where's this baby now? Yeah. And he's too young to comprehend at three. Had he been maybe like six and I could actually mm-hmm. explain, of course. But at this age, I didn't want to confuse him. And I just didn't want him to get attached or think that there was going to be a baby coming home because there wasn't. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it was COVID too. We were relaxing a lot and taking takeout, yeah. and watching TV, all the things you want to do when you're fat and pregnant right. anyway. So it really was like nothing changed. And I took a week off, you know, and I had both of their daddies watch the kids for the week after I gave birth. I had my sister help me for a couple of days. I'm like, I'm still like just gave birth four days ago. I just need a little bit of help, like, you know, for a couple of days bouncing back. And my boobs got all hard and I had to ice yeah. them. And yeah. that was that was oh, tough.
1: the things we go I have through. a question for you oh. around like after you gave birth, you mm-hmm. know, and you're handing the baby over. Did you have any was that hard or was that just like easy or what was that like?
2: You know, I always talk about this being such a miracle of the human body and biology and your your mind body connection that uh, another thing I'm super grateful for is that I didn't feel a huge yearning desire to hold him, to grasp Mm -hmm. him, you know, like, you know, when it's your own baby, you're just like, oh, my baby. And you just want to hold and kiss and hug in them. He literally, he came out of my womb, like two pushes later, popped him out. One of the dads grabbed him, put him on his chest and he was still connected in the umbilical cord. They waited for it to stop pulsing. The other dad cut the cord and they held him on against. And then they went and took him over to the side. He was, he was, you know, healthy and, you know, all the good colors. So he went over to the side and they just both held him skin to skin. And they looked at me and they, you know, they're taking care of me and put it all, just, you know, they, they're, they're
1: cleaning they're things up. Back.
2: Yeah. They're cleaning up the stuff, you
1: know? Yeah. And none of us um, ever know <laughs> what's happening down there because you have a baby. So you're just like, whatever, you know, they're doing things. Let's clean it up.
2: And. And they they looked at me and they said, "Do you want to hold him?" And I said, "No." I literally, I I thought about it for a second. I I thought, I thought, "Do I?" And I just was like chilling. I was like, "No." I'm like, "You guys, you guys hold him." I'm like, "I'll hold him later." Like it was. Oh my god. They, I had no, no desire, and I still don't. Which is such a like. I'm so grateful that Mm -hmm. that I don't have that yearning for him. I love him. I, I, I was so proud. That's, that's the word that I looked at him. I was just like, ah. like, I had this huge rush. I kept saying on the video of the birth vlog, you can hear me saying, This was the coolest thing ever. This was the <laughs> coolest thing ever. Because that's how I felt. I was so euphoric. And I just thought, This was the coolest freaking thing that has ever happened in my life. And it's just the coolest thing ever. I was so proud, but I didn't, I didn't have that. And I was so grateful for that, that I didn't have this instant yearning because I didn't know, you know, I, yeah, I went you, in, I was going to ask, were you worried that you might, I was, I was, yearn for him. I was because I, I knew that I was capable of grasping, you know, having my mind grasp around it. I knew that, uh, but I didn't know biologically if anything biologically was going to kick in immediately. Right. Mm-hmm. That was going to, that was going to defy what my mind was, was mm-hmm. connected to. So I, I didn't know, but that was part of the risk that I knew that I was okay with. Like, I was like, okay, like, I think I got my, I've grasped this because I was pregnant for 10 months. I knew from the moment he was implanted inside me, he was not my egg. He was not my biology, but I was his auntie. I was his caretaker. I knew this. And then I also knew, wow, like this might not be okay with my biology, but I knew that if it didn't sit right, I was going to, Seek out the help that I needed to make sure that it was okay. Right. And doesn't mean I didn't struggle postpartumly emotionally for sure, because hormonally, your hormones go out of whack, go, they go crazy. And mm-hmm. combined with me being a single mother, unemployed during a pandemic, and then just giving birth, I did have emotional roller coasters coming out of it. But sure. none of them were attached to wanting to grasp and hold him. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, yeah I still struggled, and I still am seeking the therapy, and I'm still going to therapy now. I'm dealing with the trauma of the fourteen year old stuff that mm-hmm. I hadn't dealt with before that this really helped seal, but it it also didn't take care of. So I'm still working on my mental emotional journey, but none of that graspingness is there for him personally or for him as as like a being, which I'm just super grateful for.
1: Hey, Jamie, <laughs> yes. I have been thinking about something that is going to be really cool for our audience. Do you, do you remember Storyworth? Yeah, that's the
0: online service that emails your family member different story prompts that you would never think to ask. And then after one year, they compile all your stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that's shipped for free. That yes, one? Yes, yes, yes,
1: yes. That's worth. Uh-huh. I know that you used it for your mom last Mother's Day, but I was thinking... This could always be really great for our LGBTQ listeners to use for their kids for an origin story. We as LGBTQ parents could gift this to ourselves and give it to our kids as an add on to their really unique and special origin story. Right. Yeah, that's actually a really great idea. I say actually like I'd never have. I mean, good I mean okay. well, <laughs> especially since I
0: still haven't gotten around to creating an origin story book like you're supposed to for your kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so much work. <laughs>
1: I mean, this is a solution to that. Let StoryWorth send you questions and compile everything for you. I I, I love this because, l- listen, StoryWorth
0: emails different story prompts like they'll ask, like, has your life turned out differently than you imagined it would? And I would be like, yes, when I realized I was gay, I had to figure out how I was going to bring you into my life. You know what I mean? Like we can tailor it to. Yeah. Or like, what have you changed your mind about over the years? And I can say bringing your donor siblings into our life wasn't something I thought I would do initially. You know, so you can, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. tailor your answers to your kid's creation. This is a great it's idea.
1: A- amazing. It's yeah. amazing. I'm a genius. I, you,
0: I can, in this instance, you, maybe. <laughs> Thank you, Jamie. <Jimmy. laughs> so, okay, so, folks, take Robin's genius advice and give your loved ones the gift of spending time together wherever you live with StoryWorth. Get started right away with no shipping required by going to storyworth.com slash OCT, and you're going to get $10 off your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash OCT for $10 off. Whoop. Write those stories down. I know when, when surrogates go through agencies, when, there's, you know, when they're working with an agency, I know the agency has them do evaluations mm-hmm. and psychological evaluations and things.
2: Did you go through any evaluations before? All of it. Yeah. Yeah, I had to, I had to pass like a, just a regular physical with the IVF doctor with, you know, talking about all my blood levels and things like that. And I actually wasn't mm-hmm. incredibly healthy at the time. I was like 40 pounds heavier. I was anemic and I had all these things, but they did that. And they said, well, you have like a year to like, take care of this. And I did, I literally, I was so determined to make sure my body was wow. in the best health possible. I mean, I got all my blood levels, like perfect. I lost 40 pounds. Like I was like ready to go. Had I not taken that year prior to getting myself ready, I wouldn't have had probably such an easy pregnancy or as easy as I had. So I really, really focused. So I had to pass the physical examination. There was the psychological evaluation. And then on top of that, when it became time just to even implant, it was like, like I had to do saline sonograms of the uterus to make sure everything Mm -hmm. was good. I had like a, I had a a cyst that kind of got a little large right before. And I got terrified, like, oh my gosh, it's just going to make it so I can't do the implantation. And they're like, well, actually, you know, when you have your, you're about to have your period. So it's normal for them to get big. What we want to do is see is what it looks like after your period. And if it goes away and it did, thank God. So everything was good. Everything was perfect. You know, they they test everything. I have one more question. Would you do it again? Uh, People ask me this a lot. And uh, my answer is if I could hundred percent recreate what we went through from beginning to end. Absolutely. Because it was such a beautiful experience it was easy we we got pregnant on the first try we didn't have mm-hmm. to like implant multiple times so i didn't have to go through the emotional roller coaster of having lost a, an implantation or feeling like mm-hmm. i failed we had a beautiful pregnancy a beautiful birth we got along we like everything aligned with this could i 100% recreate this and do it again probably because like why not like it was great <laughs> and you're so proud of it and yeah, and you feel all good for doing it and also covid became also a blessing as well as a curse at the same time like i had planned on i'm a musician so i was like always carrying, going to gigs singing working like four or five days a week i had planned on working to the day i gave birth just because i couldn't afford to not you know work mm-hmm. and because of covid i was like forced to relax for three months right you know and right. so i was like wow this is kind of a good thing that i just got to lay around and be fat and pregnant for like three months And <laughs> And I was, and I, then I was able to still be on unemployment. So it was like, okay, I'm actually still can work getting paid, but then I can, okay, this has worked out great. So, but if I were to do this again, there, would there be a pandemic where I can just sit on my ass for three months and be paid? Probably not, you know? So <laughs> could I recreate that? I don't know. People have asked me like, cause I know they know that they want a sibling for this little guy. They have a girl, you know, two girls, little frozen that they're going to decide what to do with. I don't know. You know, they haven't asked me to do a sibling right. journey. I don't know when and if they'd be ready. I'm going to be 40 this year. I, I am done having my own children. Mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of really excited to like get my body back and like be like, okay, right. like now I'm going to like actually get in the best shape of my life and really take care of myself and not have to worry ever about being pregnant again. And so I just don't know. All
1: right. well, well, I
2: heard the door is open. That's what I heard. I know it's kind of, open, I mean, it's a not a hundred percent closed just because I I don't like to say a hundred percent closed about anything because wh- who knows how I'm going to feel then. It's still, it's still pretty raw too. It just happened. Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah I'm still dealing didn't. with it. I just had like hemorrhoid surgery the other day. Oh, so just like not. dealing with the hemorrhoids from when I gave birth, ugh. that's like, I'm healing from that right now. So it's like, ugh, like ugh, that, by the way, ladies, if you've ever had that, it's the worst thing the ever. Hemorrhoid surgery. Yes. I don't Have want had to. It? I, got, I don't want
1: to. Ugh. No,
2: I haven't girl let me tell you so they tell you if you can live with and handle them <laughs> this is like we're going in we're, we're going deep we're literally we're deep. literally, literally in like, your butt if you can literally if you can and honestly it's just the numbing part that's the worst like and then the healing after cuz you're
1: basically ugh, i had a friend just, i had like, a like, friend c- who got botox in her hemorrhoids <gasps> and oh. and it, but it hurt a lot yeah, it hurts. Oh. It hurts. I don't and then not think the anything healing... is not going to hurt
2: down there. Oh, yeah. Ah. And because they don't, they don't like stitch it. They basically just like cut <sighs> it and let it bleed out oh. for two weeks. And then it heat... I thought they put like a rubber band around. No, you, no like, god, they, this is awful. They, so awful. They numb <laughs> you. They numb you. The numbing hurts. Like you're like, oh, my God. And then once you're numb, <sighs> you're fine. But then they basically like cut them off. And they leave them Uh open to bleed. You have to put like neosporin and a tissue up there Uh for like days. Uh And then as soon as it starts to kind of heal and then you have to go to the bathroom, you're like, no, 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 no. no." Because then it like uh opens up again. Oh, God. (laughs) <laughs> oh, you poor thing! Oh, you poor
0: thing! Look what you did for these lovely, lovely men. Well, that was men. part of me, and like I want my butthole back too. Yeah, you, you know? should, like, you should have that, <laughs> and you deserve, you deserve but- it. I want a beautiful Listen,
1: butthole! Okay, I want the best butthole for you. Okay, well, the, I love ending on butthole. This yeah, has been not? wonderful.
2: Thank you guys so much for just listening. It's it's thank you. It's rare to get a chance to actually talk in depth about this. Not a lot of people are interested to the depth that you guys are. So
1: no, I we're investing. So oh, yeah. we're investing. Yeah, we want
0: it all. And thank you for being so candid and open yes. and honest.
1: And for, really, yeah, for sharing that because that's not an yeah. easy thing to talk about.
0: And it's also something that a lot of people want to know about what what's going on in surrogates' minds, mm. what makes them want to do this, because so many people hate pregnancy. Yeah. So no, I I know, understand. Me and Jamie for sure hated it. Surrogates are like <laughs> unicorns. We've heard it described by multiple people that surrogates like once you meet a surrogate, you know a surrogate. They're mm. just like unicorns,
2: these these special yeah. ethereal beings, and that's you. Well, thank you. That's a very very cute analogy. I think that it does take a certain something, but I think that this is just. I think everyone in some sort of capacity in our hearts as human beings, we have a desire to give in any capacity that it is. Like what you guys are doing right now is giving. You're giving knowledge, you're sharing stories, you're enriching people's lives through storytelling. And that's your way of giving back to this world. And for surrogates, that's our one way. That's we feel that we are capable and blessed to do. So we do it and because we feel drawn to do it. Some people, it's like giving Food to the homeless, giving water, mm. clean water to third world countries. Maybe it's, you know, helping people with finances. Somebody feels something. There's always a innate nature to give in our human nature.
0: Hmm. That's beautiful. Well, you have given an amazing gift yeah. to the couple that you gave the baby to and also to us. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. We're so glad we got to talk to you.
1: I just love her. I do too. I mean, what that was like intense, but also beautiful, and it was just that was all the feels, mm-hmm. as the kids say. I love her, as the kids maybe said last year. We're so in the know. <laughs> you just shouldn't even try to five say years what ago say. I know, I know. Oh, uh, but I hope Tahiti makes it to Tahiti <laughs> someday. Oh, and we've got a little bit of audio from the two dads talking about their experience with Tahiti as the gestational carrier. Let's take a listen to that.
2: The way I remember it and the way that I tell it to people is that I posted that uh, first picture on Facebook back then of, of Javi and I uh, in front of the infertility clinic with his family member, and we were going to start the process of donating eggs and creating embryos. You know, I, I remember getting an email and a subsequent call from you. When I, when I read the email, I was...
0: You know, my, my, my jaw doesn't go to the floor very often. Uh, very seldom do I become speechless, but I was, I was speechless. Well, that, at that moment, I mean, thinking, oh my God, Tahiti, that was such a special person in our wedding. And now to be this special person in, in the, the process of uh, the creation of our baby. Okay, how, how do we say yes?
2: I was trying to find something like this, is, this is, this has to be too good to be true. Like, like this doesn't happen. Is there something that you could find that isn't like perfect about the situation? And there was nothing. I, I just kept yeah. every meeting that we had and every discussion about it just sort of reinforced that, that feeling was, of how right it felt.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. They're amazing. So just some, some final business before we say goodbye. Uh, Go out there, get our book, If These Ovaries Could Talk, The Things We've Learned About Making an LGBTQ Family. It's at all major retailers, and if you want to buy locally, you can check out IndieBound. Mm -hmm. Also, you can tell your local bookstore to carry it, please. You can also tell your local library to carry the book. Yes! Yes! Tell your library. We've gotten a few listeners who've done that, and it's been—it's now in libraries. Yeah, pretty awesome. And also get the audiobook because we yes! will read to you at night. We will yes! soothe you to sleep with our dulcet
1: tones. And and we will be focused. It will not be like this. oh my god, there not awesome. hollering. You wouldn't want that. You would not want. <laughs> oh my that. my god, how good would that be if Helen it read would it? just be full if of ovaries? <laughs> You'd be like, if these ovaries could talk. <laughs> Nobody wants to. Hear Don't that. forget to. Rate and review it on Amazon and Goodreads, too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Keep the conversation going, and you could join us on the social for more business. Ovaries talk on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, if these ovaries could talk on YouTube. And on YouTube, there's a whole collection of our past live streams. And don't forget, we do a live stream every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern. It goes to our Facebook page, and it goes to our YouTube channel. And as we said at the top of the show, you can support us and this podcast and join our community on Patreon at patreon.com slash over his talk. Don't forget, you get bonus content.
0: That was very nicely done. Thanks. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Helen. Thank you, Robin. (laughs) Thank you, listeners. (laughs) Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to our sponsors, Modern Fertility, Bulldog Yoga, StoryWorth, and a huge thank you to all of our Patreons who are helping us make this show. We really, really thank you, and we couldn't do it without you. Truly, we really couldn't. it's
1: true. All right, Jimmy, it's that time. Eggs, ovaries, out. If these ovaries could talk, they would say, eggs, ovaries, out.